Hello. My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 197 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Ray got called into work last minute, but fear not, I am not flying solo because I am joined by Erica Harrell, Desiree Proctor, and then Yoshi, the creative team behind the comic Nuclear Power. How are you all doing today? Great. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Well, we always love our, our friends from Fanbase Press, and so we're very excited to be able to, to talk to you about, about Nuclear Power today. But before we get into the actual comic itself, let's get to know about the three of you. Um, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, my name is Erica Harrell. I am one of the writers of the Nuclear Power comic, along with my writing partner, Desiree Proctor. Uh, Desiree and I are both from Florida. I'm sure that'll come up and we will be heavily judged about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Erica said, uh, we've been writing together for a few years now. And, you know, we write of various things like from video games to uh, television to movies. And um, this is our first, uh, like, comics book. I mean, we've done, we went to the DC Comics writing program and, like, publish some work with them, but this is like our first um, work of our own that we're sharing with the world. That's so exciting. Very cool. Oh, my turn? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Hi, um, I'm Lin Yoshi. Um, I'm the artist of the book. Um, I am currently in New York, but I'm actually born and raised from Hawaii and I'm also Japanese American. Let's see, oh, um, I participated in the 2016 DC Artist Program. So this is like the counterpart of what Desiree Erica participated in. Um, yeah, and I'm privileged to be working with them. Very cool. Uh, we, uh, Lynn and I were talking before everybody got into the call about how, you know, on this show, we feel like everything that somebody is really passionate about can be considered geeky. <laughs> and so what are some of the areas of geekitude? You know, we can't, we can't be geeky about everything, but what are you, the things you guys focus on? Uh, kind of like Desiree said, like, you know, we sort of bonded over nerd stuff, geek culture. Um, and we, we work in television and I think TV is like one of, you know, my favorite things, one of my favorite mediums, uh, TV and, and movies. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people are like, meh, multicam sitcoms. And I think that that's one of my, uh, areas of geekitude that I just like, I love a good multicam. I like uh, a live audience. Um, even if it's, you know, like kind of a wacky premise, I will sit down and enjoy it. But I also have a deep love of comics and genre and of course, video games and books. Nice. So are, are you, did you watch uh, WandaVision? Oh, absolutely. And I think that that was uh, such a wonderful um homage to the classic American sitcom. And, and that was such a great way to see like through the decades, how, you know, the small nuances and stuff that they changed within the production design. I love how um, they did the actual like 1950s chairs, like in the, you know, in the audience mm -hmm. um, for it, for just like one shot. And like, that's, you know, that's dedication to making it very authentic. Yeah. I loved watching the, um, behind the scenes video about how they did all that, you know, a lot, a lot of it was practical, not a lot of CGI. No, I don't think any CGI except for maybe uh, on vision. So yeah, it was very cool. Very cool. 
Desiree, how about you? Um, I am a book nerd. I am in two book clubs. So <laughs> that's what I get very geeky about. Um, and I'm also really into Dungeons and Dragons. I've been playing for several years. My friends and I meet once a week. And um, since, you know, because of the pandemic, it's all been virtual. So we've definitely been taking advantage of like Roll20 and D&D Beyond. Um, so I'm very happy that's like enabled us to continue playing during all of this. Desiree not so humble brags about the number of books she reads per year. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I watch TV. <laughs> That's cool. I'm sure your eyes uh, like, you know, love that you give them a rest by those words. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, we um, just at the beginning of the year started a uh, actual play podcast on the network called as the dice roll and we actually have three different campaigns going right now so we're 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 big fans of the role-playing games here oh i want to know what campaigns um we have a gurps campaign that's sci-fi so sci-fi gurps and that one's now putting out an episode every week uh we have a DD 5e but it's kind of uh the the DM has kind of combined it with a bunch of pop culture references. So like we, we fought the teenage mutant ninja minotaurs, like it's just flavored very oddly. It's a very strange campaign, uh, but a lot of fun. And then we just started a monster of the week campaign. That's awesome. I love a good homebrew campaign. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's different. It's, it's silly. And uh, sometimes you just need with everything that's gone on this last year, I think sometimes silly is very good. <laughs> yes. I totally agree. <laughs> How about you, Lynn? Uh, well, my geekitude, I guess 90% is comics and manga. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like a casual geek on like TVs and movies and video games, but yeah, 90% of my geek brain is occupied by comics and how they're made and just reading them all together if if there is a read-off i can't i can't probably like you know um compete with desiree with books but if it's like sheer number of comics read maybe I could. oh definitely 100 percent. you definitely beat me there <laughs> now are you are you a dc person a marvel person or one of those wonderful neutral people that can love both oh okay i started as a marvel person okay. uh because like x-men was sort of like the gateway comic Right. I kind of uh, got into like a Jim Lee fan all the way. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, then I found out Vertigo stuff. So, and that what blew mm-hmm. my brains when I was in high school and college. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess now I like both, you know. Yeah. In the earlier days, I was more of a Marvel person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marvel, Marvel's very accessible accessible i think mm-hmm. especially when you're younger yeah. and uh but vertigo vertigo is where the like s- stories you never thought could be told in comics yeah are told yeah, yeah. Comics. Batman just like blew me away it's like i never thought that these kind of stories can exist kind of thing yeah i, I really think vertigo did an amazing job of of just kind of exploding what comic books could be and it's yeah. kind of a shame that they don't really do it anymore yeah, the spirit yeah. lives in other places i think it, Exactly. Like, I mean, I guess everybody has permission now to do whatever they want. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we don't need it, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, definitely. 
Cool. Um, do you guys have areas where your geekitude is low, where when the conversation kind of steers to that, you're like, oh, I'm going to get myself a drink refresh. <laughs> this is going to be highly controversial, and it's going to negate exactly what my writing partner said. But I do not participate in Dungeons & Dragons. I know barely anything about it. And I don't know if that was just a bit of rebellion on like, you know, well, Desiree's doing it, so I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> and so, but I do feel like everyone is into it. Everyone plays it. And I'm just kind of like, I just want some sort of, you know, uh, DM person or whoever heads it up to just call me and then bring me in as a special guest to murder everyone. In the- <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like the only thing I want to participate in is just like a sneak attack murder campaign of the people who you know play it every week not that i don't respect it i think it's great i think it's amazing storytelling i know literally nothing about it it's funny that you say you think everybody plays it because in my experience the hardest thing is getting the campaign because there's very Mm -hmm. few people that actually play it or Mm -hmm. like have the and my experience like to have and also have the commitment to like stick with a campaign you know because it's sometimes that could take like a year, Years, depending yeah. on how often you meet, you know? And the, the thing is that we do have some mutual friends who, you know, are part of at least one of Desiree's active campaigns. And then, mm-hmm. like, I'll get an email the next day from one of them and he's like, you won't believe what Desiree did the campaign last night. And I'm like, <laughs> don't know or care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very so, chaotic player, that's for sure. <laughs> right, yeah, she's very chaotic, but it's also, it's like, I love kind of hearing about it a little bit because she was in a Star Wars campaign this is my retelling of it she's in a star wars campaign she's decided to become a droid she's a droid who's fighting for droid rights it's like a lot of conversation that we have and this is some of you know like this is what we talk about outside of you know us working on things and i'm like mm-hmm, how's your droid rights thing going um and then <laughs> i'll then, ask like, her about solo, it <laughs> solo stole my character from my edge of the empire campaign i mean they oh. must have been eavesdropping <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I remember at times where it's like, you know, somebody murdered her character or something in one campaign, and she was just like completely fired up for weeks about it. And, um, and so it's like, okay, like, I, I'll hear about it. Like, I think that's cool. I mean, it's better than, you know, talking about something I really very not interested in, but I, I just never dip my toes in that area. It yeah, well, I think what one of the things that I think you learn when you play a lot of role playing games is you have to remember not to tell everybody about your characters <laughs> because they really just they don't understand, they don't care, and, <laughs> and they're politely nodding the entire time. <laughs> I'm gonna do it anyway. I don't care. Yeah, she doesn't. There's no. She doesn't care about that. <laughs> Well, I will keep that in mind, Erica. I will remember that if I need somebody to kind of sneak into a campaign as like a double agent and then turn on everyone, yes. I will I will uh, give you a call. I'll be the person to call and then but I will know nothing about it and then I'll just like cosplay or role play or something as like Chrissy Teigen and and then that'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Who else? What else uh do you have uh low geek attitude in? Uh, my brother was really into Dragon Ball Z in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I tried getting into it because he was like super into it. He had like a bunch of Dragon Ball t- t- like t-shirts and like all this, like all the, watched the shows, had the comic books. And I tried and I couldn't get into it for some reason. Not that I like disrespect the fandom. It's just like I, I, I couldn't. I tried. I just couldn't get into it. 
Yeah, I I hear you because I'm a, a theater teacher, a high school theater teacher, and all of my kids, all of them love anime. And mm-hmm. I just, I, it's it. that is my area of low geekitude. I just mm. have not had enough experience with it. It's not that I don't want to have experience with it, but my, my husband does not love animation. So it's something I have to explore on my own and just have not had time. Oh, wow. My husband so, is yeah. in animation. So that's like all we watch is animation. Like <laughs> if we're going to watch something together, and but there is a we're really watching a really great anime right now um, called The Way of the House Husband. And oh yeah 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 yeah. Have you heard of this, Lynn? It's on Netflix. Uh, I see the commercials. It's, uh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll no, I'm gonna rant. No, no, I'm not going to too much. But yeah, I want to watch it. Uh, it, it, was, it seems really really cool. But I know what you're talking about is about a yakuza husband. Which is like, yes, it's about a, a man who was in the yakuza who has given up the life, and now he is performing the way of the house husband. And so everything that he's bringing into his domestic life, like, is like with the intensity of a yakuza. And it's, but it's shorts. It's like every episode's maybe 15 minutes, but each episode's divided into maybe like seven different little, like few minute shorts. And it's very funny. And it's one of those like animes that I'm like, Oh, like you don't need to be like deep in the knowledge of anime to be like, this is comedically very funny. And like, it's done well. And it's very limited anime style. It's, it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, my geekitude is, uh, I guess like the D and D kind of stuff and the RPG. Here's the weird thing, though. I am interested in it. I just never had an opportunity or had like a circle of friends who are also into it. So it's just never like part of the pool that I never got to dip my toe in. You know. So like, oh my gosh. I didn't know this, Lynn. Huh? I, I didn't know this, Lynn. I would have invited you to come <laughs> play with us. <laughs> yes, uh, please. If if you have room anytime, please invite me because I'm very I'm very RPG curious. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're starting a new campaign soon so yes you'll okay <laughs> great yeah and if you don't mind having a total new please invite me um i yeah that would be sort of like i guess my low geek um of and also doctor who <laughs> i don't know anything about doctor who <laughs> i'm right there with you <laughs> i i've tried i i think i've approached doctor who like erica approached <laughs> uh role-playing games i i just can't i've tried so hard and it's just not. <laughs> it's just not. There's also um, a lot to watch. So it yeah, is like, yes. it is. That's why I can't get into. It. It's like just too much. It's too yeah. much. That that's where I was like, you know, there there it is okay to have things that I am not geeky about. Mm-hmm. It is okay. It's that's fine. Do you guys have a favorite fandom that you tend to gravitate to or always return to? That's just kind of your comfort zone. Star Wars. I mean, I grew up watching Star Wars. I'm so excited for the new Ahsoka show that's coming out and the new Obi-Wan show. I'm like, yes, give me more content. <laughs> I'll watch it all. This is very much the golden age of Star Wars at this point. You guys getting so much stuff. I know. It's great. <laughs> Uh, for me, I think like, you know, Game of Thrones, I, despite the series that came out on HBO, um, I still love it. I think it's really great. I'm very excited for the books. Um, if George ever finishes them, um, questionable, but I, I love it. I like, I love the epic scope of it. I love the like family drama. Um, I hope that it just ends better than the series did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, for me, okay, I'm a big Dragon Ball fan. Full <laughs> 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 um, um, uh, Metal Alchemist is also a great series, but like the newest thing I sort of discovered last year was um, the Dresden File books. Um, kind of like jumped into that, and that, that that is a very good book series. I, I really really enjoy it. Um, so that's the thing I'm into right now. Uh, the Dresden Files, very much recommend it. I've heard good things. I, I've been meaning to check that one out. Yeah, I I just like pretty much sped through them. They're very easy reads. So, yeah, very likable characters. Which one are you on? Oh, uh, I read all of them. So. Oh, you got all the way through. I got I'm I got stuck. Not got stuck in a bad way. I just I didn't finish the one with the horror film tropes. Oh, and okay. it's yeah, pretty yeah. early. Pretty, it's like it's not early, early in the series, but. Um, I was listening to. I don't know if you've ever heard any of the audiobooks. Oh no, that's how I've been reading them. Like, oh my god, he's so good. Yeah, so good. It's so good. I because I can't. There's not much I can do while I'm drawing. I can't watch TV. Mm -hmm. Music kind of gets repetitive to a certain degree. So audiobooks is really the only way I could like do stuff. You know, draw and like listen. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, I'm a big Buffy fan. Uh, Loved Angel. Um, so yes, this is like, if you're a fan of like Buffy and Angel, Dresden Files is perfect. Yes, because, uh, because Spike is the guy who yeah. narrates it and he does such a wonderful he job. He does such a good job. I'm on like a, a whole radio show on <laughs> <laughs> Dresden Files. That's yeah. Him. And he, he, um, very often when you listen to audiobooks, if you've already read the book or started reading the book, the author or the, the guy reading it doesn't sound like the person in your head. Yeah. He yeah, spot yeah, yeah. on the character in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like Love that series. Yeah. yeah. I'm listening to Red Rising right now. Mm-hmm. And it's the the guy is good, but he's playing a six year old, but he sounds like a rough four year old. He's like <laughs> <laughs> he's good, but he like, sounds really he's supposed to be sixteen years old. You sound like a bitter forty year old man. <laughs> um so what is something that you guys like that isn't very popular out there, but you don't understand why, because it's so good. Everybody should know about it. Well, I guess mine would be something that I hope gets popular and it's a Netflix series called city of ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if any of you have heard of it, but it's basically um, it's like an animation mixed with documentary and it's sort of like aimed as kind of like a preschool type show. Um, and it's about these like ghost hunters who go to various like uh, different like parts of Los Angeles and actually interview um, people who like occupy different like restaurants or different bars or like whatever in those spaces. And it's talking about just like, you know, gentrification and how things in neighborhoods change. And then it's like, they do like Boyle Heights and like different like areas of the city that, um, not a lot of people know about and I think it could go on for like a hundred episodes, but I'm pretty sure that Netflix is not going to make anymore unless there's like a surge in, you know, people asking for it and wanting it and checking it out. And it's really such a charming, wonderful show. That sounds amazing. I'm it's on my list. I have, I have little post-it notes and anytime I do an interview episode, I I love walking away with just post-it notes everywhere of all the different things that I know I need to try out. Yeah, it's, it's super charming. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard of it, but just because Erica doesn't stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's only like six episodes, and I, I feel like it's really, it's great. It's like great Asian-American representation as well, and it's awesome, it, especially like for people who like live in Los Angeles and have like driven through those areas, but maybe not known what they were like or what they could be. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced Erica gets like paid every time she mentions it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has such a low, um, like, like people just don't know about it. And I tweeted mm-hmm. something about the show and like the series creator, like liked my tweets. I'm, I'm pretty sure that she's also like being like, Oh, I hope, you know, people like this so I can get to make more. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Something I love is this book that uh, is like the LGBTQ rom-com that we all want (laughs) that hasn't been made into a movie yet. Um, And so if you're into rom-coms, you've been looking for something that is like a gay romance because so much of those stories are lacking, I recommend checking out uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. I knew that was what you were going to recommend. Oh, yeah. You've read it? It's- I have read it. In fact, um, we have a a show on this network, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and sometimes they'll do book reviews. And as soon as I finished it, I messaged Katie, and I was like, you need to read this. We're doing an episode on your show. <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh, okay. Love that book. I laughed. I cried. I like read it all in one sitting. Um, it's it's like I want to see that as a movie. So yes, good. yes. My my favorite is when the president creates the PowerPoint. Yes, I, yeah. I just such a charming like reaction <laughs> to him coming out. All right, uh, we'll meet again in an hour. I I need to come up. I need to come up with a PowerPoint. Yeah, for people that don't know, the story is about the first son who falls in love with like the Prince of England, and they're afraid of like what their tr- like love would do like diplomatically, and how it might affect their families, and so they keep it a secret. But then, because of like a, like a like a hacking, like this, their romance ends up going public and then like the ramifications of that but it's also like a will they won't they and then they getting them hits all those like perfect rom-com tropes it sounds so sweet yeah yeah it really is and it's not graphic at all but there are some scenes that by being not graphic they're a little steamy you're like oh this is this is kind of like they're not doing anything crazy but this is kind of hot yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) hmm the problem for me is I'm not sure if some of these have been translated into English, the ones I want to recommend. <laughs> oh, darn it. I know there's like so many good stuff out there. Like, ah, I wish this was translated in English so my friends could read it. But let me think of, okay, for something that I know that was definitely translated, um, um, you know who Kon Satoshi is? Or Satoshi Kon? He is the director for like Perfect Blue and Millennium Mattress. Okay. He actually drew comics. He has uh-huh. some comics that were released. And I think Dark Horse translated um, Opus. That when they, That's very good. So um, if you're a true comic geek, um, I would definitely recommend that because it has really good, interesting storytelling uh, techniques. But his stuff is, like, if you watch his films, you know, like, he's not a very, like, 
normal director. His like some of the stuff is very surreal. His cuts are great. His comics are exactly like that. So I recommend Opus. I think it's published by Dark Horse. Um, another one is uh, I'm gonna get like really not being pretentious, I guess, by these choices like Tekkon Concrete by Taiyo Matsumoto. That might be a little, it's been translated, but it might be a little bit hard to find. But that is like, it's like surreal, like it's a little bit surreal. It's like magical realism and all this symbolism kind of stuff. Like my first read of it was like, this is a kind of a weird story. But then like, I got drawn into it more and more. It's just one of those weird books that, yeah, you feel smarter for reading it because you think you found something. Oh, look at this. I, I'm so smart for reading this. It's so many symbols. I like books yeah. that make me sound pretentious and smart. So yes, yes. It is one of those books that's like, nobody knows about it. It's like one of those authors that are claimed in, like, from their country and stuff like that. So he's like, oh, you've never read this? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Tech from Concrete, yes. I, I'm not sure how where the publisher was but i know it was translated at one point um as far as like definitely english um you know english written stuff i read um was it wicked and divine recently that was really good with karen gillen and jamie mckelvey and what's that one um uh wicked and divine uh that is published by image it was written by karen uh karen gillen I think that's how you pronounce his name, and James, uh, drawn by James McKelvey. Art is wonderful. The storytelling is awesome. You know, I very much recommend that one. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going on a because we've been quarantined for so long, and my husband is all about travel. Like he's climbing the walls. <laughs> we've got to get the man out of the house. So this summer we're going on a three week road trip around the country. That's awesome. Um, I think we're going as East as Alabama. Cause we have some people on the network there that I'd like to meet in person. And so I'm, I love this stuff because I can collect it all and just load it up into the car. And this is what I can do in the evenings while we're winding down. That's great. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. I'm so ready to travel too. Right. <laughs> Right. It's, it's so, <laughs> I think we're all just kind of done with routine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was fortunate enough to do, I've been to all 50 States and most mm-hmm. of them by road wow. trip. Yeah. And um, so it's such a like nostalgic summer thing for me to be like, Oh, like a three week road trip, like sounds just like, you know, much like so much like my childhood. Like, I hope you guys have a great time. And Thanks. That's actually why we're doing it because um, he just turned 50 last year. And of course we were in the pandemic, which is the worst time to have a big milestone birthday. So he was like, well, what can we do? And he's like, well, you know what? There's only one state I have left to go to and that's North Dakota. And that's why it's the only state I have left to go. Yeah. Not much up there. Yep. And so, um, so that kind of triggered, well, if we're going to go up there, where else can we go? on this trip. And so he's, he's basically going to fit state number 50 on for his 50th birthday. Oh, that's awesome. My state 50 was Hawaii. Um, and <laughs> it was because my dad refused to go to Hawaii because Obama was from there. And um, <laughs> my dad's very, like, he was a very red state guy. Um, and he was like, and I've also seen palm trees before. And um, so <laughs> I went to Hawaii with my uh, now husband. So that was my, my last yeah. one, which was a good last one too. Yeah, that's a great last one. 
Yeah. North Dakota will be really fun then. You guys should take a bunch of fun North Dakota pictures. My, um, this is so random, but like on my dad's side of the family, there's a museum in North Dakota that has my like great grandparents as wax figures. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And like some of their kids, they had like, I feel like they had like six kids, but my grandmother isn't one of the wax figures. And she was like the youngest. She was like up until her death was like definitely very insulted by not being one of the wax figures included. But they're like one of the first settlers of this like town in North Dakota. I have to remember the name. But as a kid at 12 years old, I had to, my grandma dragged me to that museum and I had to get pictures with her parents, my great grandparents, but it was like their wax figures. (laughs) that's that's kind of nuts like that's kind of awesome and just very that's that's a a, an interesting family fact to pull out for like two truths and a lie yeah (laughs) like i would have been so pissed if i wasn't a wax figure to the point where i would have made a wax figure commissioned one of myself and then been like you have to put this in the museum yeah 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 it's messed up i think i think it might be just my grandma and maybe her like like the two youngest are the ones not in this museum, but the other siblings are. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be able to stand that. Yeah, here's a large donation. Put my yeah. put my figure up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the last question is: um, other than nuclear power, which we're going to talk about after the break, what are you guys working on right now? Uh, Desiree and I are um, working on a few things that are like unannounced. One is a uh, Disney channel, Disney plus series um, that, you know, uh, we have been in a writer's room for going on nine weeks and it's really fun. It's kind of a Latinx um, cast and um, pretty diverse writer's room. And it's really going to be a pretty cool show that has some elements of the superheroes in it. Yeah. Right up our alley. We're very happy to be there. I'm only working on nuclear power right now. That is my focus. <laughs> I'm on the last issue. <laughs> I'm on the last 10 miles of my marathon. Yes. We let her out just to do this podcast today, and then she has to go back and finish. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Like, like, right, right when this is over, it's a straight back to the pages. <laughs> Well, I can, I mean, I, I will definitely include the cover as the, the episode art, but I, I wish I could just throw this into the listener's eyes right now. Cause the art is amazing. And we'll talk about it when we come back after the break. But um, yeah, no, the, I can, I can understand why it is taking you so long because this is, this is some beautiful, beautiful artwork. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to move on to our weekly geekery. This is the kind of geeky stuff that we actually got to do this week. Um, And uh, so, uh, unfortunately, uh, because Ray is not here this week, he has been rewatching the MCU movies in chronological order. Oh, nice. yeah, Yeah. With his girlfriend who has never seen Marvel, never read Marvel, never known anything about Marvel. And all of our listeners at this point are like hanging on her reaction to every movie. <laughs> yeah, I want to know her reaction too. Well, she didn't. She didn't know the big reveal in the as to who the Winter Soldier was. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you've been reading comic books for any amount of time, we all know who it was. <laughs> but she didn't know, and she was just like floored. And 
we're like, I was just, do you know how lucky she is to not know anything that's going on in this series? It's amazing. That's awesome. So we will be back next week with Ray and he will fill us in on two weeks of Marvel uh, rewatch. So that'll be very exciting. Um, For me, this is my first week back in school with students. We just had seniors. And so it was, there were many periods where it was just me and one other kid. And that's not awkward at all, (laughs) especially (laughs) when you haven't met them until the, until this class period. Um, so it was interesting. It was different. I think they are excited to be out of the house, but not necessarily like, I don't know that school would have been their first place to go. (laughs) So that took up most of my week. It was a little bit of hectic, but last night we have friends who've been trying to get through a, to hunt a killer mystery for over a year now because we just started it right before the pandemic started. So this was the first time that we could have everybody back over and everybody's vaccinated. So we were like, all right, let's try and get through a couple more of these. And we only got through one and a half (laughs) because they're a little dense, but it was a lot of fun. So that's what we did. That's awesome. How about you? What have you guys been up to this week? Uh, I feel like, you know, our aforementioned, you know, superhero writers room, like, you know, takes up a lot of our, our brain space where, you know, we'll get into like minutia details of being like, okay, well, Captain America could probably punch this hard. So like, if we're trying to make a character, how hard could they punch or how far could they throw something? Um, so it's a very privileged um, uh, life that we get to lead in terms of, you know, <laughs> a weekly geekery. And, um, and then on the personal side, I, I watched the Mortal Kombat movie and I uh, regret it. Oh, was it bad? Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, I watched Shadow and Bone this week, and I love that. I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh, I finished it all this week. Um, I mean, Ben Barnes is always charming, but it hits like, I mean, if you like YA, it hits all those great YA tropes. Um, I can't wait to see. It makes me want to read the books. I haven't read the books, so... Yeah, me um, too. I and I like, like I like how it was clearly influenced by Avatar: The Last Airbender, the animated series, like in their moves and stuff like that. Like how they, um, I mean, what wasn't influenced by that show? Like that book, um, that great book series, Children of Blood and Bones. Like the author has literally said, I was influenced by Avatar and wanted to make like the Africa version, the African version of Avatar. Right. Um, I mean, that show was just groundbreaking amazing yeah um and then i also like faced off against strahd's minions again this this week so i think we'll be facing the big bad next week (laughs) what what class do you play what class race um i am a druid half elf i've had like an interesting character arc i went from being like this peaceful hippie that was like adopting pets and children and refused to fight to Strahd's minions killing all my adopted children and pets. And now I'm like out for revenge. <laughs> that, you, you have one of those uh, DMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He was getting annoyed by how many NPCs I kept having. <laughs> I'm, I'm building up mine with, I have a, a, in the D&D campaign, uh, an ar- arcane trickster rogue. And he, he keeps charming people and then convincing them once they come out of the charm that they should just join the party. 
And so I have a feeling I'm going to fall into that same uh, that same category, and eventually the <laughs> there's going to be carnage. Yes. Let's see. Um, um, okay, I'm slowly watching WandaVision. I only get to watch it while I'm on my stationary bike right now. <laughs> um, other than that, it's just working on nuclear power. <laughs> and uh, while doing that, listening to the audiobook Red Rising that I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's like an interesting, very, very angry protagonist. <laughs> what is what is uh, Red Rising? Um, okay, so basically this is... Um, very far into the future, very, very far into the future. Um, Humanity has colonized Mars, and Mm -hmm. they have been divided into different classes of people by color. So there's the reds, um, there are like the grays or something like that, and the topmost part people are the golds. Now, the main character is a red. He is the lowest caste, the very, very lowest caste. And and basically, Samurai, he sort of becomes like a Katniss, much, much more angry. <laughs> you know, he, he, you know, basically shatters the system. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, this sounds great. Yeah, it, it is really good. Um, I'm still again, like I said, the audio book, like uh, narrator is good, but he sounds like a 40 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he lacks that youthful quality that the character requires. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's really good though. He really conveys that. I hate everybody kind of quality, but that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. It sounds like everybody's had had at least some geekiness in their week, so that's awesome. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk all about nuclear power, which I can. I've got questions. I'm very excited. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. All right, and we're back, and today we are talking about the new comic book coming out, uh, or I guess it just came out, uh, Nuclear Power, and why don't you tell me a little bit about this book, because, well, you tell me about the book, and then I'll tell you about what I realized when I read the, the prompt. <laughs> um, so Nuclear Power, it's an alt-history take on the Cuban Missile Crisis kind of positing what if the Soviets and the United States had like nuked each other on Black Saturday in 1962 and started World War III and what the United States might look like today, which we envisioned as they formed their own country. And this new country is a military dictatorship that stuck technologically in the 1960s. 
And our main character learns that the government she works for and has been so dedicated to has been keeping a dark secret from its people. So it's a little bit like a government conspiracy thriller slash superpowered comic. Yeah, we tell people it's kind of like Handmaid's Tale meets like an (laughs) X-Men. Which I think is a beautiful uh, way to to entice people to to read it because I think that's such a great combination, such a an unexpected combination. Uh, when I, I I'm, I'm an impatient person, so I didn't read a lot of the synopsis before I just opened up the the assets that Barbara sent me, and I'm like, okay, well, let's see what this is about. And at first, <laughs> I thought, oh, okay, this is a historical. This is a historical comic book. I've I've certainly read plenty of those. And then and then a nuclear bomb went off, and I'm like, oh, oh no, it's not. Let me go back to <laughs> the synopsis again. And then I, I read it. And I was like, oh my god, this is so exciting. So already have pre ordered. Very very excited to to read it. Where did this idea come from? Uh, Desiree and I, as I previously mentioned, we're both from Florida and, um, both of our mothers are Cuban and, um, we were heavily inspired, uh, by the Cuban missile crisis, even though it happened like decades before we were born. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, my mom came over in the sixties and was just very desperate to, um, Americanize because she had lost everything, um, in Cuba, like she had even left behind her older brother because he was like forced into military service there. And so she was like, that country is dead to me, basically. And so when she got to the States, it was like, she just wanted to desperately lose her accent. She watched the show Dallas, she watched like Young and the Restless, I'm actually named after Erica Kane and all my children. Um, And, you know, that was a really scary time for you know, Cubans who had made it to this country and there was a lot of like anti-Cuban sentiment and a lot of anti-communist sentiment. And we were um, just really influenced by that and thought it was an interesting time period where a lot of people maybe explore like World War II. We were like, this was a really cool, not cool, but it was a really um, deep time period in like the 1960s of like what could have happened. Yeah, I mean, and at the time my mom, you know, she was a little kid, but she was living here in the States and she remembers like during the during and after the Cuban Missile Crisis, Cubans were like Cubans that lived in the country were being attacked because, you know, they were seen as the enemy. And Erica's um, there's like this lake outside of Tampa where Erica used to live that had until like the 1990s had a sign up that said no dogs or Cubans allowed to swim. Oh wow! Um, so that's like another reason why like both my mother and Erica's mother worked so hard to become as American as possible because they wanted to like blend in and not be treated differently and not be put at risk. Um, So like that was a theme that's very prevalent in our comic. Like we hope that people take away the idea that they shouldn't fear others for being different. And like, we shouldn't automatically try to destroy something that we just don't understand. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when you came up with this idea, how, well, how do you guys work together? Because I know every, every writing team has a different way of collaborating. Do you guys have a way that you kind of always use, or does it just depend on the job? Uh, we argue over D and D in my last <laughs> <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, 
Well, it's it's interesting. We'll like one of us will come up with with something and like pitch it to another, and there's a lot of like that yes and you know improv uh, ability um, and kind of a shorthand um, that we have with each other. So it's a lot of like, well, what if this happened? And then like I should be like, yes, but also like, what if this happened on top of that? And then we'll kind of like spiral from there until we kind of come up with a structure that we like, and then we'll do um, you know very detailed character bios and then outlines. And um, then the best part is, you know, we, we get to like write some dialogue and hand it over to Lynn who actually makes it look incredible and really <laughs> brings it all together. And um, then we're like, okay, what words can we delete? Because Lynn's art looks so much better than uh, what we said. Yeah. Let's talk about the art for a second. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, Thank you. Now, I'm not familiar with a lot of your other work. Is this a specific style for you or did you change your style depending on the need or is it a little bit of both? Oh, I didn't really change the drawing style. I definitely um, chose uh, for the coloring. I, it was deliberately um, a much more different style that um, I usually will color in. Usually I don't really color my comics that often, but mm -hmm. yeah, um, in this case it was more through a practical choice because I'm doing all the art, including coloring and lettering. Um, I had to choose like a, a much more simpler color scheme. So it'll be less choices to like worry about. Um, the colors itself were inspired by the, you know, the Russian propaganda posters mm -hmm. of those times um, sort of to give that totalitarian-ish kind of feeling uh, a little bit of faded off white coloring of books. So it kind of gives it like, not a vintage, well, not a vintage feel, but it, it is like a. The time has become like sort of stag stagnant in the story because of its, you know, it's stuck in the sixties. Mm -hmm. So, so to give that feel a little bit, um, the color, and I was also just um kind of inspired by Darren Cook's Richard Parker series, which is used a very minimalistic coloring style, which I really loved. Mm -hmm. So I was inspired by that. Yeah, and for the the listeners, the it's all very much in reds and sepias with the kind of almost yellowish white paper mm -hmm. um, leading through all the, um, the speech bubbles. So it does look like kind of those old comics that you find, you know, in the back room under the, um, you know, in the your, your grandpa's back room or your dad's mm -hmm. back room where, where they like threw them and forgot about them. But <laughs> the, the reds are very bright, vibrant and it's very, it's a very, very cool look. And that's Thank just uh, issue one with the reds. Like, Lynn, if you want to talk about like how the other colors, oh, yeah. um, the series progresses. Yeah. So as uh, the story progresses, there are going to be flashbacks and scene, you know, um, location changes. And by that, you know, there's one point where they, you know, we go into like more a wilder part of the United States that becomes a green color scheme. Um, okay. Some flashbacks will be in like blue. Um, there will be like a, a wintry and it'll be like very teal colors. So it changes from not issue by issue so much so, but more like, um, like location, location, yeah, mood, um, time period, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, what, what motivated you to do it? Was it just the fact that you liked that, that simple, almost mono monochromatic style or yeah I do yeah I do like that kind of style um find it very appealing uh whether I succeeded in doing it we'll see <laughs> <laughs> well it looks great so far so I I can't wait to see the rest of it because there are sometimes like 
oh, maybe I paid myself into a corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, also, I think like, like, like a... issue one looks so great. And then like, and now that we've seen like, you know, issues five and issue six, it's just kind of like her art just got like better and better and stronger and stronger. And, and it's, it's just, it builds. It's so great. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think like the colors, the use of the one color thing, Lynn, correct me if I'm wrong, was also like a time issue because you're doing everything. Yeah, it, it is a time issue thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it's not often that one person does like the inking, the coloring and the lettering. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. My my co-host uh, Ray is an, is an artist and he's done... Uh, you know, he started wanting to do comic book stuff and, you know, right. I can hear him right now just being like shocked. <laughs> like, it, oh my God, it's so much work. Yeah. <laughs> Doing yeah. All of it. That's why Lynn has time for nothing else but this comic. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> now, one of the opening images is the, um, the map of the current, um, what is it called? American Union? Union. Yeah. And so you've got, it looks like just Dakota, mm-hmm. Nebraska, Kansas. I think we combined Iowa. two states and like named it into one. Oh, yeah. A lot of that was inspired by Erica and I actually doing a bunch. We did like a year's worth of research before we even like started writing the dialogue in this comic. Um, but we found like the nuclear strike zones where like the United States would have um, where the United States would have nuked Russia and where Russia would have nuked the United States. And we learned that like basically both coasts of the United States would have been destroyed. Um, And so that's why in our comic book, the new country has formed around Chicago because like the middle of the country would have been the least like have the least nuclear contamination. Yeah. And I was going to ask about the amount of research because did you also do research on what, like how this nuclear contamination would have done? Like, or did you just kind of wing it? I'm assuming you didn't because it sounds like you did a lot of research. Well, yeah, we, um, yeah, we did some research into, I mean, some of it is science. A lot of it, you know, you get into like a bit of science fiction, Mm -hmm. like, especially when you read the first issue we kind of hint towards the science fiction of it all but um like in the 1960s people just didn't know that nuclear contamination kind of like spread through water and through the air Mm -hmm. um and you know if there's in burbank here in california um there was like a military base in the 1950s 1960s and they would just bury their nuclear waste in a pit and they thought that that was like taking care of it but what they didn't know is the nuclear waste then seeped into the groundwater and so people that were living in Burbank by the 1980s started to get like high risk started developing cancer mm-hmm. from drinking like the tap water um, so that's kind of the idea behind our story of like the government in the 60s built this like wall around the remaining like 13 states in this new country to keep out the contamination, but what they didn't realize at the time was that the contamination was seeping in through the ground and through the air. Um, and that wall that they built, like there was actually survivors outside of the wall that have been like shut out for years. 
that that brings uh, to mind some recent political issues. Was that anything that kind of went through your mind when you were making the decision to to have them put up that wall? When we came up with the idea of this comic and like the wall, that was before the whole Mexico border wall thing. Oh wow! <laughs> and so it was. It was. It's been like an interesting process because everything that we put into this comic seems to be coming like the true. idea of yeah coming true and the i mean the idea of putting up a wall along the mexico border has existed for years it like predates trump but it didn't mm. really become like as much in the news until he was president um and then like the nuclear um threats again coming from north korea like about you know almost two years ago now like we didn't anticipate that uh, being timely, the like, you know, issues with like, you know, women's bodies and the choice and, and their agency that they may have. Um, we didn't, you know, that's always been in the news, but just like, you know, has been even more in the news in the past year and a half. And, and we were like, whoa, this is crazy that nuclear power is kind of touching on some of those things, like where we didn't necessarily mean for it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like we meant, like we knew what we were doing because of, like we said, these issues have been around for years, but we didn't anticipate that they become such a forefront of our social discourse, which is a good thing that people are talking about these issues. Um, yeah, it's not, that's not something we anticipated. We weren't expecting it to become more and more topical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every day you open the newspaper and you're like, Oh, <laughs> we covered that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the one that the one that stood out to me was just a line, and again, I've only, I've only got the first few pages, but um, the guy that's talking to the children says, which is why I made sure there were more healthy babies. More healthy babies were being born, and they talk about you know being able to tell if there was going to be deformities or mutations or whatever before the baby was born, and I was like, hmm. That that hits that hits some some concerns because I know that's often in um, when people talk about that kind of genetic research. One of the things they do is talk about you know people who are of the LGBTQ community would they be lumped in with all of that? So that that kind of stood out to me as a ooh, <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna have some bite to it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's definitely not something good that this government is doing mm-mm, for mm-mm. sure. Um, it's definitely a bit of eugenics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for us, we wanted to take the idea also of like a woman's choice as to what she does with her body, but like turn it on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we get more into that in later issues, but it's just like one of the stories running in the, in the comic. We felt like, with the um, the the mutations that happen in this comic book, like you could by creating something fictional, you could apply whatever you wanted into that. It's like you could substitute these mutant um, creature people and substitute that for like anybody that's being oppressed or trying to be. Um, eliminated from society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's the the last the last frame that I have access to is the little girl saying so no more bad babies and him mm-hmm. responding no more bad babies. I'm like, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh the you'll be shocked by the next page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the next page was a uh, was a big discussion and and Lynn was like, "Well, how graphic should it be?" <laughs> This is why we have a mature reader's label on the front. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Yes, I didn't even think about about zeroing in on that. But yeah, I can see where it would go into places where you might want to be prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's good. I mean, how how do you feel about doing material that covers this kind of heavy dialogue? Like, what... What does that like? Is it something that you have a lot of debates over? Is it something that you find comes easy? Like, where do you land on that? I think you know, Desiree and I have been pretty um, fortunate to have a lot of like flexibility in our careers. Like, we have been able to work on like some multicam uh, family sitcoms um, where you know it's like we're making really fun jokes, and you know you can like have like fart humor and like other silly puns or whatever. And, um, and then with this actually, you know, dive a bit deeper and, you know, kind of debate over like, what, what are we trying to say? And like, how do we say this? And I think it's, it's nice to be able to kind of go back and forth between something that's a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun, and then have something that, you know, hopefully like is going to resonate with readers and um, be able to actually talk about that. Because I think, you know, writers are writers, um, you know, no matter kind of what genre they're in, and and, uh, like, we're very lucky to be able to like do, do both and hopefully, you know, do it well. Yeah, I mean, we're very we are very grateful to have worked on some big IP. Like when we wrote for Telltale Games, we got to work on like Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and products like that. And then working in television, we get to work on some very cool shows, but we're always, you know, we're always adapting other people's and trying to make a living as a writer. You're adapting other people's material and you're also like taking notes from studio and network and you don't, so everything is kind of like filtered. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, this comic was our opportunity to just write what we wanted to write unfiltered and Barbara and Bryant who run fan pace press were very supportive of that. And that's not to say that they didn't have feedback on story areas and that even Lynn didn't like contribute to the stories in some ways. Like, in fact, sometimes Lynn was like, guys, this is too dark. Um, (laughs) Maybe we should take it a step back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's, this has been just a great opportunity for us to actually talk about things that are important to us um, and kind of like express like, something express like what things that we feel that we don't often get to express in our everyday writing and day job. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, because Lynn and Barbara and Bryant were, you know, the first people to read uh, this comic, you know, that came out, like when we would get an email back from Lynn, that's like, no, it's like, Oh, she cares. <laughs> she cares about the characters. <laughs> like, like that's really cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? um, so that was like a, a really cool, like kind of test audience in a way. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, let, let's let's talk about that. When you when you get these pages, how do you, how, what is your process like? Oh, it's oh, I talking about if when I get the script. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. So my process uh, usually, uh, I receive a script, I review it, um, I make small thumbnails of it, trying to arrange. This is going to get very dry. I mean, that, that's okay. That's okay. We've got people who, who love art and want to hear about this kind of thing. So, okay. So pretty much uh, the first time I said, okay, let me, um, this is when I use my most brain power. I sit down in a very quiet room and try to break down the, you know, how many pages, how many panels per page, drawing very quick thumbnails on just like, you know, loose leaf paper. Um, see if this fits. If, um, see if like okay move this around well maybe it'll, it'll be better if i have this action beforehand and just this is more like the like figuring out the puzzle mm -hmm. of the script at this point um and when i get a general good idea of like how many panels per page uh what the sequence is then i go on my computer and i lay out really quick um loose layouts of the page with the dialogue in there and say okay this dialogue doesn't fit here or this needs a beat here and then I'll show those um, really, like, they're very crude layouts. They're just basically stick figures with smiley faces on them. Um, <laughs> and I, I do, I, I place the dialogue in there. Uh, I send it to uh, Erica, Desiree, and Barbara and Bryant, and they review it. And it's like, I think we need to be here. I think this is too much dialogue. And then they'll, like, put in edits. Sometimes I'll cut more than I, than I asked them to. It's like, you don't have to cut that much. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> they're really not afraid of like, you know, like, you know, like with their, with their script, which is like very unusual. Most writers would be like, all my darlings must keep all my darlings alive. Kind of thing. And we're like, kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then they'll make the script revisions. And then that's when I officially go into like the actual hard labor of like, penciling the pages mm -hmm. and inking them and coloring them i'll you know be gathering all the reference materials you know online you know i'll have to google you know google search really gross stuff sometimes <laughs> 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 i have some google google search tricks by the way if anybody wants to know like how not to traumatize yourself while googling things <laughs> <laughs> um did you have a favorite character to draw? Did did one just kind of? I, I've I've heard a lot of artists just kind of will fall in love with a, a particular character and just really enjoy drawing them. I, uh, oh, I like drawing the main character. Um, I think second, I like drawing her husband. I kind of uh, I, I gave him. I, I like to emote him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very expressive, and that's a lot of times where we would take out dialogue because the expression that you drew on his face would like mm -hmm. convey more than words. <laughs> and it's like you'd rather just look at the expression than like read the the, the words just got in the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, and so when you do get to one of those panels where you're like, oh my god, this is too dark. Like, <laughs> do you make suggestions as to how you can lighten it up, or do you just kind of go, <laughs> you know, give me something else? No, well, if it comes, if there's like some imagery that's pretty heavy, I usually go back to ours. Like, how on a scale of one to ten, like how how graphic do you want? Cause I have no problems drawing graphic stuff. Looking them up is kind of traumatic, like I said before. But actually, drawing is not so so bad so i basically go like on a scale of one to ten how bad do you want it to be and like they'll tell me and i'll try to draw accordingly to that 
Um, yeah, as far as drawing it, was it story wise? There were points where it got dark, and it's like so. So what happens to so and so like that? Like, oh, this happens. Like what? What? Yeah, there was only one point where Lynn was like, "Guys, like you've I, I like this part like really disturbs me," and I think it's like just gone too far and it's like undercuts this other moment and we're like oh wow if lynn is like feeling very passionate about this let's um yeah let's change it so we rewrote like that issue and then it like affected issues down the line that's so cool that you have that that trust in that relationship that you guys can take that note and and really kind of turn it into something new and different that all of you have a part of that's really cool yeah, it's a it's a great working relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, I've got to ask because since you said it, it's been it's been a, a curiosity in the back of my head. Like on on a scale of one to ten, did it, what were the numbers that they were giving you? Like you don't have to tell us what you drew, but just what were the numbers they were giving you? Um, no, I mean, well, I don't know. Would it be spoiler if it's like the first issue? No, maybe not. Uh, it's, it's hard to describe. Just um, okay. I what was that first? I can't. It's it's been a while, so I can't remember exactly how the conversation went. But there was like one image where it is supposed to be a bit jarring and shocking, and I was just like, well, you know, how, how bad do you want it to be? Do you mean like upsetting, or is it like more like just kind of oh, this is kind of shocking kind of thing? And these uh, Erica and Desiree they chose like sort of the middle ground of that. It's like yeah, but really like. <laughs> if, you, if you saw what was on Pateless, I think it's page five or something like that. Um, if you think that's upsetting, it could have gone much worse. <laughs> just that. that was the middle ground, what you see on that page. If you, It could have gone much, more, much worse. <laughs> I, just, I just find that fascinating. And just because, you know, everybody the has their... On Google Images. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> just everybody has... Um, you know, they're different. I'm, I'm sure as Desiree and Erica, you're writing it, you have in your mind what things are going to be like. And Lynn comes with something, you know, different. And so it's got to be a very cool thing to kind of steer it back and forth. That conversation always interests, just fascinates me. Yeah. I mean, well, usually what Lynn comes back is cooler. So we just go with whatever Lynn's doing. <laughs> That's what we, yeah. It's like we follow her, but we also like Barbara and Brian at Fanbase are incredible partners as well in this and you know they they wanted they had sensitivity readers come in and like you know review some of our images and some of our scripts as well because you know our aim is to not just like do things to just like shock people or just like alienate people just because it's like no we we want to take things um into consideration and like you know make a product that like we're all happy with and you know not like offend people in a way. Right. Well, I mean, and, it, and it's good because I mean, you're, you're dealing with some, some heavier topics and you don't necessarily want, you don't want to turn people off, but you also don't want to make it necessarily insignificant for them. Right. Yeah. 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 The sensitivity, sensitivity readers definitely helped with that a lot and like changing some of our language um, that we didn't know just through our ignorance, didn't know might've like sounded offensive. Um, mm-hmm. and having someone say like, Hey, this is the proper terminology for this. And it's like somebody from that c- 
community, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like so, disfigurements versus like disabilities. Those were yeah, and deformities and inclusiveness of those things. Cause if we're talking about, you know, a nuclear contamination and, and what um, physical disfigurements like people had, like we, you know, and Lynn, of course, to her, you know, of course, to all the credit, like we're, we're drawing those things. So it is a bit inclusive and, and realistic. Mm. That's so cool. All right. Uh, you are the first issue has already come out. Yes, it's on comic solid comicsology for less than a dollar. And hoopla. Nice. And hoopla. Yeah. And uh, it runs through. Um, does the last issue and the trade come out in October? Yeah. So it, there'll be a digital issue um, once a month for the next six months, and then the trade paperback comes out in. October. Um, and if you pre-order now, um, on the fan base press website or nuclearpowercomic.com, you can get like exclusive artwork. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes so that people can head over. Um, because we always, we always love fan base press stuff. First of all, uh, Barbara and Bryant, always find the nicest people to work with, which obviously you guys are perfect examples of. <laughs> and, um, and they just, the, the stuff that comes out of fan base press is always just wonderful. So I'm very, very excited to read this. Oh, thank thank you. So you. Yeah. We feel very privileged to have been connected with Barbara and Bryant through our friend, David Acampo, who is in the DC comics writing program with us. And he's published through fan base press as well. And they really are just a joy to work with. Yeah, definitely. We've we're gonna we're, we've we've mentioned we're gonna have them back at some point soon because it's been I think at this point years since we've had them on the show to just kind of chat about what Fanbrace Press is about, and I, I cannot wait to be able to arrange that because yeah, we we love Barbara Bryant here. Yeah. All right, anything else we need to know about nuclear power other than that we need to buy it now? <laughs> <laughs> um. Not, I mean, definitely just a reminder of ex- the, um, like, ex- exclusive artwork if you pre-order. Um, like, I can't, we can't go on and on and enough about Lynn's work. Yeah. So you definitely want to get your hands on that. Yeah, to have a whole full bo- book of Lynn Yoshii's art is important. <laughs> All right, awesome. Um, we're going to move to shout outs and I th- think we kind of just did it. <laughs> <laughs> send, send out a huge thank you to, to Barbara and Bryant to make this, uh, this possible and, and to connect me with you three. And, but do you have anybody else you'd like to shout out to? I mean, uh, David Acampo for, you know, connecting us to Barbara and Bryant. He read the first issue. Um, and the, like the whole print when we just had a pitch packet and he's like, Oh, I know the perfect people for this, for this story. Absolutely. A shout out to boy and the bear, a coffee shop on the West side of Los Angeles (laughs) serving the most (laughs) delicious coffee. And they need to put one on the East side. (laughs) I I, I take it. Many, many hours were were spent writing there. (laughs) I wouldn't. Well, because I mainly went there during the pandemic. So not really, I would have to like pick up to go and then like rush back home, but gotcha. Gotcha. They're the best. (laughs) Okay, shout out to my friend Naomi for listening to me whine about anything, everything. <laughs> <laughs> 2020. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Naomi. 
All right. Next week we are going to. Well, I, we don't have a topic yet for next week. Um, we we were going to have uh, the women from Starship Therapies on to talk about their book, but they're not coming on until I think the sixteenth. If I'm getting my days of the week right. Um, so next week we don't have a topic set yet. At the very least, we will have a Rosie update, and you'll find out how she is loving the Marvel universe. Um, I'm nervous because she's gotten up to Ant Man. And I really love that one. And I really hope she <laughs> yeah, enjoyed I like that it. One too. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were all, you know, she did not love the first guardians of the galaxy. So there were many, many pearls were clutched. <laughs> um, I just clutched my pearls at that statement. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Ray going back and watching it again, he's like, I can see how, you know, we've, you know, when you're watching it in order and you're introduced to Iron Man, you're introduced to Captain America, you're introduced to, Captain Marvel, and then all of a sudden, ten people. <laughs> and so I think she was just like, "Where, where's the nice individual story for this?" <laughs> but she did like uh, volume two, so we we got back on track. We're good. <laughs> all music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out our other geek to geek shows, the geek to geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, and Sometimes Rob. Also, As the Dice Roll and our newest show, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bamashox, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. If you haven't head over to the Slack channel yet, listeners, um, we are constantly having major conversation. We're still talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so head over there, check us out, leave us your feedback. We, we'd love to hear from you. You can f- currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Where can we find you? I am on Twitter at Erica Harrell. I'm on Instagram, Desiree Proctor. Um, I'm also on Instagram. You can find me under ProtoKitty. Or um, Protokitty Art at Twitter. Awesome. And do you post a lot of your art up there, Lynn? Yes. Um, probably should post my art more often. I'm pretty bad at social media. <laughs> 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 I'm going to get better at it. Um, but yeah, if you, that's the best place, like Instagram or my website, linyoshi.com, to see my art. Yes. Very cool. Definitely check it out. So you can get a little preview of what you're getting in Nuclear Power. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ladies, thank you so much for for being here on this early Sunday morning today. I very, very much appreciate it. Thank you for having us. So much for having us. It was a blast. Absolutely. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek.